sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Oh, isn't that nice, huh, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of the uh, aforementioned uh, Beer Engine podcast. Griff here with you. Tony, uh, many, many miles away in Australia, um, I think due to uh, something going on in the world that I, I kind of forgot about. I don't know. We're all we're all being asked to stay inside. I can't, I can't in fact, remember why uh, at this point, but um, I have been inside for, you know, God only knows how long now. Tony, how are, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I, I vaguely remember something about a Simpsons episode in Homer ordering something from China and then infecting the rest of the world. But uh, that, oh yeah, that's what is that what's going on with the current situation? Is that what yeah? I think um, I think somebody ordered a juicer and uh, <laughs> and they opened the box and the virus. I, th- I actually think about this when I go outside right now. When I go outside to like walk around or whatever the neighborhood that we're allowed to do. Um, I think about Chief Wiggum bringing his gun with and trying to shoot the <laughs> the blob virus thing, and I always feel that way when I'm when like somebody's walking sort of in the vicinity of me. I'm sort of like, get the hell away from me! Um, not that I have any weapon or or capability or even this um, uh, sort of the 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 physical makeup to be able to fight anyone without going to the hospital immediately. Um, uh, it would it would not be a good idea. So. We are still in, uh, this is still a beer engine lockdown podcast number. I don't know. I don't know when this is going to come out or in what order, but um, we are on the, uh, we are still in the official lockdown mode. Um, And, you know, when people listen to this years from now, um, not that anyone knows when now is, and let's not get stuck on that again, because I keep doing that. The time and temporal nature of our podcast. Time is a fake construct. Correct. And uh, you're listening to this live, in fact, because you are living and so am I. And uh, well, at least right now, maybe not when you're listening to this. I have a question about lockdown. Have you been binge watching any classic shows going back and rediscovering shows that you loved, say, The Simpsons or Rick and Morty, even if you're going back to the yep. Ricky, Ricky Morty. Um, no, I, uh, I, yes, I, people who know me really well, um, Tony, you probably know this too, frankly, is that I, um, I am always watching the Simpsons. Uh, the Simpsons are sort of a extension of, of me. Um, it's just something that's on, um, as you guys can hear, certainly our, our third guest who I didn't bring in yet. It's my cat. Um, very rude entrance by her. I was supposed to be able to bring her in and you just jump all over us, huh? Anyways, I was, uh, <laughs> Does your I, cat have a name? Uh, my cat's name is Maddie. Is it Snowball she's, 2? It's Snowball 3. Um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Maddie's old. She's 16, so, uh, she's outlived Snowball 1 by a lot who got, I believe, run over by the mayor's, uh, brother or something along those lines, if I recall. Anyways, uh, no, I am watching The Simpsons, uh, occasionally, um, just as, it's just, music essentially that happens in the house like while i'm cooking dinner or something it's just a thing that's on um i don't know do, is there stuff like that in australia that's I, i'm sure there's shows like that that just sort of have this like extensive extended lifespan right um maybe not they haven't been on for 30 years but they have like a seinfeld type of life where they just continue existing look it used to be a case where that especially with australian specific shows kingswood country arnie jack Shows that you have no idea what I'm talking about used to be Mm-mm. played um, because they were cheap and on repeat. But, of course, um, because syndication has become so cheap, it's your Seinfeld, it's your Simpsons, uh, Futurama. Yeah, you just get the well, same stuff, yeah. Yeah, tends to go round and round. But now with streaming, we can now pick and choose that. I'm going back, for example, to rewatch Scrubs to see whether it holds up. Um, I'm enjoying that because there's a... Another podcast, I don't mean to give shout-outs to other podcasts, but uh, uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison are doing a episode-by-episode episode oh, breakdown. Oh, yeah, I heard about this, yeah. Uh, and you that's know sort what? Of a, that's sort of a style of thing now, right, is like the binge, you know, like, bin, I mean, binge mode and other podcasts that people uh, probably like. I, I'm not really a fan of anything they've binged at this <laughs> point, but um, they uh, they seem to be popular people, and I think Jason Concepcion is a very funny person um, and a good Twitter account about basketball. Um, but yeah, that seems to be sort of a thing, right? Is um, people are blasting through Harry Potter's and Star Wars and all that stuff. Yeah, I find it more interesting when the people involved in the show do it, though. 
it's sort of like a director's commentary, but for a yeah. TV show. Oh, yeah. When people are directly involved with the show, I find that a lot more fun than just to wreck. Because I wouldn't do a, a podcast with you and I just going back and watching episode one of The Simpsons. Although if we're running low on content, we may do that at some point. The people are already doing that. We, we, I, I suggested um, just a, a little behind the, the, the curtain here, the, behind the fourth wall. Um, uh, one, one thing I did suggest to, um, I don't remember if it was to you or to one of our other um, many extended circle uh, type people that uh, we, we, instead of picking a show that people like, we review every episode of Triple D. <laughs> but uh, I, I would Not believe a bad that choice. that exists already too. But yeah, um, yep. I can imagine that becoming fairly uh, tedious. Um, maybe not for us because I don't give a shit. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, um, it's just crap. I, I mean, I, I've, I've said before, I think um, I'm the dump of TV, just shovel in the crap right into my dumb uh trash mouth i will eat it all um speaking of trash um i have well i don't i wouldn't call this trash um so that's not a very good segue but i uh hey speaking of the simpsons how about that i've been enjoying the work of the sixth simpson uh and you might know him as oj um famous uh simpsons character i mean with a name simpson um, I was watching, that is something. So I've learned, uh, in the, in the daytime, I'll watch, uh, very depressing things. Uh, currently I'm in a period of, um, underemploy, we'll say. Um, and I, uh, I've been watching things in the daytime that I would say are very, uh, depressing uh, by myself while my lovely wife works. Um, and then when we're together, I tend to want to watch things. And I think she's the same way that are a little bit more uplifting, so during the day, I sat around and got really depressed and watched the five-part OJ documentary. Have you watched that, Tony? Um, which one is this? Is this the one that... Made in America one, yeah. I have watched that one, I believe. Yes, I have. Because that's a couple of years old now, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I am just not... I'm not... You know, unless I... I can find a way to get distracted, but even now I'm kind of having a hard time at this point. Um, so I'd never just come up with a good reason to sit down for many hours and, and kind of blast through that. But it's well worth blasting through, I think. Excellent. Yeah, it was very good. Not trash. Um, OJ obviously is is trash. Uh, you know, <laughs> he is not. Yeah, and not. and it, it it's validated uh, certainly <laughs> by that by that uh, picture. But um, and depressing, I think in the in the, the end, oh, more very than anything, much so. certainly very uh, uh, just about sort of the state of um, the world. Not to dig too deep into that again, but uh, I did sit through that. Um, that's sort of been my, my week, uh, this week again, it could be any time in history at this point, but, uh, I've been, uh, blasting through things like that. I'm getting excited for, um, another famous figure. He's not a member of the Simpsons and I don't think he's ever been on the Simpsons. They're, they're releasing the, the MJ documentary this week, which I'm pretty excited about as well. That should be good. Um, so good week of TV coming up. Can I make a recommendation for you? Ooh, go ahead. Yes, Tony. For the lighter side of things. I don't know whether you've checked it out on Netflix. I would love to have something lighter lighter side at this point. Yeah. Okay, The Brew Brothers. I got to say, I looked at that, and I, I did not feel great about it when I saw it, but please convince me that, that it's any good. Well, they have essentially picked some of the, the best stereotypes to spoof. The brewers okay. that um, – and – the drinkers that take craft beer way too seriously and have no self-awareness and that chastise customers. And I think you've yeah, got to you look at, do that, no. at it's the same way as the leak. This is not a serious attempt at doing anything about the beer industry. It's making fun of those stereotypes of, of people that are involved in that activity, but really it's a framing device for comedy. And All right. that's how I look at it. I don't think it's a serious or even a, a lighthearted look at beer. Beer is a framing device and, yeah, they, they make a whole episode about peeing in beer. Neckbeard types, yeah. Oh, very much so. One of the lead characters is a neck, is, doesn't have a neckbeard, but he is that dude. Yeah, I, I got to give it up for uh, for beer freaks at this point. Um uh, they, they have entered, we've entered sort of a, like a third wave of lunacy, um, 
And I'm not sure the TV shows can keep up. Um, it's it's gone beyond sort of uh, the like self-appointed Cicerone type guy who's like, uh, you know, chastising people for drinking hazy IPA or whatever, you know, and or uh, or even like, um, you know, uh, st- uh, proclaiming at the from the from the head of the bar to the the differences between French and Belgian saison or something, but. Um, Which there is a difference. Let's be honest. There is a huge yeah, difference. I'm not sure I'm the one who should be even complaining about that. But <laughs> uh, I think at this point, it, I, I think my the people I've reserved the most sort of um, uh, anger towards are, I guess, the, the secondary market type guys. Um, not that I'm totally opposed to the secondary market. I don't, I don't have a problem with the secondary market. It's something that's been alive with things like whiskey for, you know, decades at this point. Right. And, um, in fact, I sold some whiskey for a, more money than any ever, anyone should have ever paid for whiskey. Um, but, uh, I, I think, uh, I think the people selling, like, for example, today I saw that people were selling two tickets to claim a bottle of stout from a brewery in Decorah, Iowa, Topland Goliath. Tony, you're not familiar with this brewery, but no. anyone who's a beer fan that's listening to this, um, in the States is going to be familiar with them to some degree. They make pseudo sue and famously the assassin stout and sr 71 and things like that and um they'll sell bottles on site for like 200 bucks of these beers um because they're trying to compete with the, their own secondary market value and somebody's selling the right to go pick up two bottles of it you don't even get the bottles you have to go get them from decora iowa which tony you know how you can look it up or not <laughs> it's in literally the middle of nowhere in Iowa. So not even just in Iowa, you're going to, I mean, three hours from anything meaningful in Decora. So it's probably about a five hour drive from here, five and a half hours from Chicago. Um, and you got to go snag your $600 bottles you paid for. Um, and that's, I mean, or you can pay a proxy to do it. And that's to me just lunacy. I mean, you're, you're essentially getting, I don't know, like, I think it's, 32 ounces of beer for $600. I mean, what the fuck? You know, that's wild. <laughs> so, by the sounds of it, the secondary market of beer has essentially become a secondary market like anywhere else for concert tickets and anything that's in demand where it oh yeah, it really has no no bearing to logic or reality. Yep. Line, the lines are the same. I mean, there have been, there have been breweries doing lines for in, in the COVID-19 universe ecosystem. What the fuck? Uh, Yep. I mean, they they draw like chalk, chalking or mark, chalk markings, chalking marks, whatever, uh, on the sidewalk to get people to stay six feet away. But I mean, I mean, there's no way in hell I would do that. I mean, there's, I, I don't think, I mean, six feet is, is, you get you get with you get even close to six feet from me. I'm I'm you know slap. I'm doing the Bart Simpson like winding his arms up. You know, <laughs> if you get any closer than this, it's your own fault. Um, that's not happening. So I I don't know. I, there's no way I would wait in a line. Um, and I've been loving buying beer during this period. So it's it's you know I, I've liked everything else about the COVID nineteen beer purchasing experience. It's gotten way better to me. But the fact that people are still waiting in lines for like Fruit Gloop, I'm gonna be on that fucking Bruce Brothers show because they're gonna be making fun of me for making fun of people for doing stupid shit. Question: Are these beers worth waiting in a line for? Because you're putting yourself at great risk at a current time. But also, is it worth? In, in better times, waiting in lines for these? I've waited in line for beer. Um, I, I would tell you that I've waited in line for um, a very specific beer program, if that's the best way to describe it. So uh, you've probably seen the pictures of me doing this, Tony. I've waited for I have. Um, Revolution beers. So Revolution, the largest independent brewery in Chicago, their Deepwood series – um, they are the best barrel aging program, I think in the Midwest, at least, if not among the top five or so in the, in the country. Um, and I've waited for a lot of those beers. Um, they usually drop two or three of them at a time. They're expensive, Tony. I mean, I've paid 40 bucks for a four pack of cans. Um, so 10 bucks a can, essentially a 12 ounce can. 
um, of barley wine and barrel aged barley wine. And especially like the 40 buck ones are usually the, the two year barrel blends of, um, like barley wine or stout. Um, and I've dropped 40 bucks on that, you know, uh, I mean, certainly privileged for that, but, uh, you know, from a price standpoint, it's really not horrible. If you think about it, right, it's 20 bucks a bomber. So not yeah, that, insane. Um, that's fine. I, I just don't know whether um, the whole experience is worth it for the payoff versus what's out there in the rest of the market. In Chicago, it's 100% dependent on the weather. Um, okay, yep. If the weather's good, sure. Who cares, right? Um, often there's line shares going on. So people bring bottles to the line and they're popping bottles off and, and you're sharing beers in a line with people. Um, usually it can be a nice time if you want to make okay. it that. I don't do it. All. People do that stuff every weekend. It's their life. Um, I've done like three <laughs> in ever. <laughs> I do like one a year pretty much um, when they drop these beers out there. Because um, I'm just not wait. I'm not standing in line for... You know, no offense, but I'm just not going to wait in line for uh, brewery ABC's vanilla stout from, you know, that accidentally stumbled its way into a heaven hill barrel for three months. Like, that's just not interesting enough to me. Um, and frankly, for me to wait in a line, I need I need the proof that it's good. You know what I mean? I need like that's why Revolution gets me to wait in line because they have consistently delivered those beers to be kick ass every time right they're always good so once after three or four years people started figuring out that they were good um i was like oh i gotta go get them because i like them you know and i've been drinking them for years now so now i'm willing to to you know show the love and wait for them but you know if you're some asshole brewery that half the time kicks out a beer that's soured or or or, or um or trash or just doesn't have any flavor <clears throat> hell no am i waiting in line for your for your beer, man. I mean, it's not that you couldn't kick out something good and you all, and some of these breweries 50 or 60% of the time do, but that's not enough uh, guarantee for me to wait in line and pay $25. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I I'm embarrassed when I wait in lines, honestly, but, um, you know, uh, people do it every weekend. So maybe I shouldn't be, have you, <laughs> have you guys had anything like that? Is that, is, has that, so that market doesn't feel like it's popped off yet for, for you guys to have like a secondary and line waiting and shit like that. Not really. There are limited releases with release parties and some, some stuff is in lim limited quantities, but the secondary market is nowhere near as robust as what it is uh, in Chicago or the rest of America for that matter. Um, I just think it's, uh, our immaturity as a beer market versus where you are in the US. We're probably still 10 to 12 years behind you. Our styles, yeah, yes, we're doing them, but I mean as far as a culture point of view, um, we're a long yeah. way behind what, what, where you guys are. and Because um, I, I don't sure. imagine this stuff was happening 10 to 15 years ago. You were of legal drinking age at least 10 years ago and I'm sure the culture was different around that stuff than it is today. And those neckbeard types weren't as in higher numbers to actually create that secondary market. I think the secondary market has grown because um, the beers that are very popular and are going for a lot of money on the secondary market are now the beers that are popular to people who don't really have a grasp of the taste of beer, I guess. They just like sugar. You know, I mean, <laughs> um, so if people like ice cream, they'll probably gonna like some of these stouts, you know, I mean. And they're good, some of them. You know, I like them. They're not drinkable, but shit, you give me a vanilla coconut stout with a little barrel taste on it, <laughs> sure, I'll buy it. I don't know, you know, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I mean, I got to split them like nobody's business, but um, there's no way I could drink 12 or, or, I mean, Kelly and I can barely get through a 22-ounce a bomber at beers like that, but um, sure, whatever, they taste good. Question sort of response to that is, does everything need to be drinkable though? Like these beers no, are serving I, a purpose as well, and and they're not designed to be sit down and drink a six pack or even even two bombers worth. They're sh they're share beers, frankly. Um, they're they're meant for drinking three ounces of a lot of them. I think um, with with five year friends, I I think that that's totally true. So Kelly and I have been doing um, a little quarantine uh, special for the gang. Let's put a bump. We can put a bumper around this. No, I'm not just kidding. Don't do that. Um, we, we've been drinking stout on Saturdays. I have a ton of bombers of stout in my basement. I know that's a brag. I know it's cool. Um, <laughs> but I got all these beers in my basement <laughs> and um, they're, 
they're high alcohol or they're very sweet or often uh, both. Um, so we've been opening one every Saturday, like pretty much after lunch, right? Like one I'll open the bomber and we'll drink it for six hours, right? We'll just slowly kind of sip through it. Um, so you don't get, but I mean, the problem is you don't get the buzz, which, you know, you miss a little bit, right? You want to Fucking hope buzz you on do. some of these days right now, right? <laughs> um, especially in, you know, 2020, I'm, I, I'm looking for opportunities to get a buzz going, <laughs> you know, so you, you drink it over six hours, but you, it just gives you time to work through it. I mean, these beers are, you know, you got to chew through these things. A lot of them, you know, last week we took out a couple of bottles that I wasn't very excited about and they, they were fine. Um, one, I just drained poured, honestly. And I don't, I, you know, I don't want to use this Oof. show as a platform for me to blast out on shitty breweries. So I'm not going to, you know, tell anybody what it was. It was a brewery from, I'll, I'll kind of hint towards it. So people who really know <laughs> will know, but it was a brewery from Michigan, from the lower, um, from the Southern, uh, the Southeast corner of Michigan. In fact, maybe like the f- first, like 10 exits, we'll say. And, uh, they make many, many delicious beers. I'm a big fan of them. Um, but uh, this year's version of their stout or their most recent version of kind of their, their primary, like kind of sweeter stout, uh, the core beer um, is straight soy sauce. Uh, I got, I was getting a, a, a soy bomb. Um, I know they use caramel in it, and I think maybe the caramel salt had um, just come out too strongly, and uh, there was an oxidation component to it as well, for sure, um, to get the soy piece of it. It had this like kind of papery, you know, experience to it um not good uh so that one went right down the the old uh, drain there unfortunately question do you think it was just a faulty bottle a badly made beer or something indicative of their program i don't think it's indicative of their program well tbd i don't i don't want to say that they they do a great um funk sour program and i, I would not be surprised if there was a cross contamination of some level um because i i would also say they're a very small brewery so they don't exactly have the depth of um equipment to say for example like a brewery like new Glarus, um in wisconsin they isolate their weiss beer in like its own quarters in that brewery they have this huge brewery and they're just like well this weiss beer has unpredictable yeast we don't want that getting into anything else everything that happens with the Weiss beer happens in room a, you know, and everything else happens in room B. So for example, they, they kind of contain all their different programs in their own sort of area. Uh, this brewery does not have the components, um, or the facility capability to, to do that. So I could, I could, I would not be surprised if there was some element of their just sort of nature that might not, preclude this from happening but again for example it could happen again it feels like um but that said i do like their beers and and some of the other iterations of the stout this year were good um it's uh so i would guess um i don't think it's just a bottle i would think it was a batch um that just went a little bit awry uh, so that one went went away um and then i opened some old stout from some brewery that doesn't exist anymore and it was fine um, and we went through that and this weekend I'm going to try to open something better because I wasn't very thrilled with my two choices last week. So, um, have you been doing anything like that, Tony, you opening any other, you, you, you picking out any special beers while you've been kind of locked around in the house or you just kind of weaseling your way into Pilsners here? Yeah. I've been drinking a lot of Pilsners, but we are heading towards winter. I might, um, we should start a companion um, with your stout Saturday, and I can do it on Sunday, so we're essentially drinking at the same time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't know whether I'll go to the extreme of getting the um, exclusive stouts that you get, but certainly I could get some more middle of the road Australian versions of that and see how how I go with those. Because um, I also need to build up a beer cellar. I have no essentially salad beers or anything with any age on it basically i get it and i drink it and this is perhaps something we should discuss is um when in your journey did you start getting together a collection of beer and and (laughs) how did you go about doing that like 
Is, was it just one or two bottles a year? Did you start with sort of salarying or mm. was it was it more, a more conscious thing? Yeah, so the um, this is kind of a boring story for uh, me. Right? Maybe other people will find it interesting. I don't know. But uh, I used to have a big share every year. Um, before bottle shares were sort of, a, I think, I would say a, a huge um, undertaking. But now bottle shares are happening still in quarantine times. And I, and I'm, and I think they're, ha- and they're happening in responsible ways. I got to say, I've seen people doing bottle shares by like pouring half the bottle and leaving the other half on their porch. And the other person who they're sharing with comes and picks up the other half of the beer. Um, so there's, there's just social distancing bottle shares happening these days. Um, but, but many years before that, I would say like 2010, um, I had a couple other buddies who were getting into this, uh, universe as well. And we would, um, gather every year and usually it was in Kansas city. Um, and we would, I would fly down with seven or eight beers, um, that I had accumulated from around here over the course of the last year or so from that. Um, my friend from St. Louis would do the same thing and he would drive out. And then my friend from Kansas city would do the same thing. And we would come together and, um, crack 24 bottles over four days, um, and share them. And, uh, you know, clearly I was younger <laughs> at that point cause I could handle that. But, uh, yeah, we would split, you know, a handful of uh, bottles each night for a handful of nights and, uh, you know, sleep on the couch and pass out watching community or whatever. And then do it again the next day and eat more barbecue and eat and drink more beer. So that was sort of my first experience with like starting to procure beers over a longer period of time for sort of the purpose of sharing them. Uh, now it's sort of, I think cellaring is sort of taking a life of, of its own. I think, I think in between that it started to, I think at some point in that time frame we started thinking about aging beer as having a quality, um, and uh, I think since we've we've that's died um, a little bit. I, I don't think I don't think people think about, or at least I wouldn't advise them to um, be thinking about like putting years on most of their beer. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, now it's just an accumulation at this point. So I, I've shared I shared something with you, Tony, that this weekend I had to. My wife had forced me to organize my beer uh, kind of collection at this point. What a monster. Um, I mean, forcing you to do that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> what a horrible gig. And I drank stout while I did it. So whatever. I, I found that I don't have a lot of old beers. I would say the oldest beers I have are, are maybe three years old now. And most of them are sour. Uh, I'm just not holding on to stout very long, um, especially stout with, with flavor in it. Um, it's just going to die. So when you're talking about stouts with flavor, are you talking like adjuncts and stuff like that? Yeah, Additive, like your like... coffee or vanilla or coconut or whatever you got in there. And honestly, I like coconut stouts, so don't don't judge me for that. I'm not. If you enjoy drinking stout with sunscreen in it, go for your lot. That's what I like. Uh, I want the uh, – it goes uh, – give me, give me some of that uh, copper tone action in there. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did have a lot of beer. I was pretty um, – Surprised by that, I had more than I thought. Sort of once I got it organized, um, I had like fifty something bottles of whatever random shit. A lot of it's sour, um, but yeah, I think I think now it's become an accident because now I have a place to put it. So I'm not really thinking about cultivating a cellar or doing anything with this beer in particular, other than drinking it. I just have it, yep. you know. Like I, especially now, or I've kind of entered a phase of my life in this quarantine where I'm just buying beer. Um, I'm drinking a lot less beer and I'm buying a lot more beer, um, (laughs) which, which works great if you want to build a cellar out. Um, so that's sort of happened like in on accident a little bit. Um, but now, I mean, I I don't know. It it started with just like trying to save stuff up for your friends. Um, so you could all drink together. And now I think it's more just like, oops, now, now I have all this shit. <laughs> it's just like becoming a collector of fucking Star Wars figures or something. What about you? Do you have a lot of beers? Are you doing like collecting of anything, or are you just you're just buying you know cases of what? What did you call them? A, a, a sag or what? What was a case of beer for you? <laughs> a slab is a case of beer. Slag, yeah. Slab, like you would pour a slab of concrete. So, oh, a slab. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have slabs here. We say that. I just couldn't understand what you're saying. <laughs> The um, fucking accent gets in the way all the time. It, it drives the women crazy, but uh, yeah, to communicate it, it's a bitch. Uh, I I am. Um, I haven't. I, I'm not. 
Uh, yeah, I would totally get down a slab. We have slabs of stuff here, but yeah. Are you just doing, you're just loading up with that? I, I am at the moment because um, we've got alcohol restrictions from our major retailers and I was low on alcohol. So I had to get some, I was limited to two slabs or 48 cans and um, two bottles of spirits not exceeding two litres. So I, I maximised that offer. But normally I would go into, say, what you guys would think of as binnies. We would say Dan Murphy's. Um, that's our big box retailer. And I would normally get one mass market beer, whether it be uh, an ale, whether it be an Australian sparkling ale. I'm sure you're familiar with that style. Um, pale ale or a macro, a good macro, like a Oettinger, uh, the, the German. <laughs> yeah, sure. German we films. don't have good. Ma- I mean, we, we have very few good macros here. I think. But, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Bitburger or, or something like that. I, I think that's a reasonable oh, sure. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not super like, expensive, yeah. but it's a good drinking beer. And then I would get half a dozen to a dozen um, mixed craft beers, um, whether they be like super mass market, like Chimay, just for just to throw that name out oh, yeah. there, or hey, nothing wrong with that. No, or some Australian craft beer. Um, Boat Rocker, Miss Pinky, um, nothing that's really in limited supply, stuff that's available, but I don't tend to hold on to that stuff. Once I drink it, it's gone, and then I go back and buy again. Perhaps I should be buying, rather than buying just 12, maybe buy 18, set six aside, and just to build up a stockpile so I've got variation as time goes on. But then the question becomes... How long do I allow myself to sit on this stuff? How do I rotate it? Because I think you're right with the ageing. I think that trend has thankfully died and people are not holding on to beers until they become cardboard messes. Um, sure. No, yeah. Well, I mean, IPA. I mean, nowadays with IPA, especially in the States, like if you aren't drinking it in a couple of weeks, especially with hazy stuff, it's trash. Throw it away. It doesn't do anything for you. Maybe a month. You get a month out of it if you're lucky. Um, so do I pick it's, certain? It's not good. Do I pick certain beer styles to hold on to build this stockpile or do I just consume – this is the question I'm asking myself or do I just keep consuming in the way that I'm currently consuming? And Honestly, if I want to build diversity, I'm buying it at once. That's the thing is I just I just load up at once. So I'm like, all right, uh, I, this is happening tomorrow, um, for example. So here's, here's sort of my um, – here's sort of my situation, Tony, and you can tell me if this will work for you, but – uh, I don't know how what your setup in Australia there is in terms of uh, getting booze delivered. You probably can't do that. We can. Um, so, yeah, we can. I just got it delivered. Okay. So yesterday I got uh, – I was putting an order in through Benny's um, to get delivered because Kelly wanted a couple bottles of wine, um, and so did I, frankly. She drinks beer too, but um, I was just kind of, you know, mix it up a little bit. So we got a couple bottles of wine. I wanted to buy a bottle of bourbon. I had run out of that. Um, it sounds like I'm drinking a lot, but I'm actually drinking a lot less, <laughs> which is very depressing to think about, which means I was drinking a lot, a lot before this shit happened. Um, the, uh, I, I got a bottle of bourbon. We should talk about that before we, uh, uh, in this show, that bourbon I bought. And I bought a, uh, while I was at it, I was like, well, shit, I'm on the website. I might as well see what they got beer-wise. Um, and I got two six-packs of Bell's Two-Hearted, which is a all-time nice. classic beer. Yep. Um, and just because I had not had a regular IPA in a while, I was like, <laughs> damn, I could go for some good IPA that's like normal. Um, so meanwhile, so so meanwhile, I had gotten a note from my local bottle shop that I've spoken about on here many times, my friends at Iron and Glass, uh, free advertising for them. Uh, they can thank me later. Um, I, I had uh, gotten an email that they had gotten – um, so they're getting a shipment of beer from a brewery called Equilibrium in New York, which is kind of a once a year thing. They get a drop from them and, uh, they make awesome hazy IPA, like really, really good hazy IPA. And I am not, uh, that there's like really great stuff. Um, so I was like, well, shit, I want some of that. So, you know, put in an order for a little bit of that, um, while I was at that, I was like, man, throw in a little bit of, uh, you guys just got this Pilsner, throw me a couple six packs of that too while we're at it. Um, so I just kind of built up this stockpile and then, you know, downstairs I have all my like kind of more diverse stuff like 
sours and stuff that I that will age fine. They don't need me to like goose and lambic will not. It doesn't care if I drink it now or in five years. It's going to be, you know, it'll change a little bit, but it'll still have all of its character, if not more. You know, um, I got stouts, big stouts down there, all that stuff. Um, you know, that just built up on accident because I don't care when I drink it. You know, it's going to be fine in, you know, as long as I don't wait 10 years, it's going to be fine, you know. Um, but if I'm just looking for like a diverse set of drinking beers, I just load up pretty much at once and then sort of I can pick and choose for three or four weeks as long as they're all refrigerated before anything starts to turn, I think. Um, the uh, uh, that, that was my move. I don't know if that's a feasible thing for other anyone else in the world to do. Um, I'm not an extremely wealthy person, so I was able to pull it off. Um, but, uh, you know, you just, you just kind of make some choices and, and throw in a few styles there. And then you give yourself like three or four weeks until you really have to do it again. Cause the conflict I have in Australia, we have a couple of big players in the market, whether they be online or they be damn Murphy's and yes, I can buy from them or do I buy direct from a brewery and support the brewers and put more of the profits back into their pocket, but I get less diversity. Yeah, it depends. I mean, we could argue about, so for me, I just don't have a brewery that's close enough to me. That's open, you know, uh, iron is the best option. They're a small business. Um, the breweries, a, a couple of the breweries, in fact, that we've ordered from, they drop specifically, they, they, they're self-distributed. So like hot butcher, for example, which I, you saw there, um, it makes like that megabyte beer that I showed you last week, um, or some other IPAs like that. They, they drive a little sprinter van with all their beer around the suburbs for two days and they just drop it off at all these bottle shops and binnies and stuff. Um, so when you buy from iron, when you buy their beer, you're sort of, you're supporting both ends of the chain there, right? You're, it's the one place where you can buy this brewery's beer and it's, you know, your friends who run the, the shop there. Um, but with breweries, it's been tricky for them because um, people love going to their tap rooms, you know, and, and they've gotten that taken away from them. So it's, um, you know, it, it used to be something I would do as a, kind of a secondary effect of going out for a beer at a brewery would be like, Oh yeah, I'll take home some IPA while I'm here. You know, um, now I'm not doing that. You know, it's just no. pretty much like it's, it's, it's survive in advance type shit. Right. It's like, okay, what do I got to get that will keep me in the house for three more weeks? You know? Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely a tough choice. I mean, yeah, I want to support all these people. I love solemn oath, for example, brewery around here, but I ain't driving that far, you know, I don't want to, I don't want it because the farther I drive, it means I got to get gas. I don't want to get gas, you know? Well, the issue in Australia is we're not allowed to do that. Well, technically that, that may be considered an essential service. There's only four reasons you should be outside and just driving around to, to, um, to go somewhere like that, I don't think would necessarily be covered. So you have to, and we've got no no breweries close, so we would have to get it delivered. And um, and with the cost of postage in Australia, you're probably looking at ten to ten dollars to fifteen dollars per order. And so, if you're making small half dozen to a dozen um, beer beers in a particular order, am I getting enough value? Because I'm I'm not loaded with money. I'm not quite as um, in as good a situation as yourself. Sure, so you're not wanting to drop a big, big penny on a, on postage. a bunch of uh, pills there. Yeah, yeah for 20 bucks to get, you know, IPA delivered to your house, yeah. Yeah, beer in Australia is overtaxed anyway. I'm not one that rails against taxing people, but I'm just saying compared to other alcohols, there is a premium for pl sure. placed on beer versus wine. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not going to the whole Australian tax code, but I just think beer and wine should be taxed at the same level. Um, yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would. But because the wine industry is so large and was for a long time supporting a lot more beers than the um, Australian craft beer industry, um, they, they had a different taxing structure for wine because hmm. Australia is a big wine-producing country, but now with, with... Oh, yeah, that does make sense. Well, you're making you make hops too. I know that because I keep drinking yep. them. Oh, yeah, we make uh, we make hops, but that that's that's just base tax. That doesn't have to do with our alcohol tax rate and everything else. That's Because our alcohol um, taxing structure 
it goes on top of our GST. Our GST is 10% and um, basically goes on any product other than fresh fruit. Um, that's the only thing you don't pay GST on. Um, but our alcohol taxing structure on top of that gets really complex and really convoluted. And I do agree because alcohol does have downsides with our health system that we do have to pay more for alcohol. But um, I don't think it needs to be as complex as it is with with spirits with pre-mixed um, soda in them being charged more than spirits themselves and beer being taxed at a higher rate than wine and if you produce so many cases out of your brewery, you get charged a certain rate compared to others that produce more than oh, get yeah, a lesser that rate. Yeah, too, just yeah. gets super complicated and I would like it simplified so I can support um, yeah. these I mean, craft- the people who are listening to this uh complicated thing are also hoping it could simplify yeah i'm sure that (laughs) yeah um because i want to support these these small producers but it it's prohibitive because of the tax these people aren't making huge amounts of money they're not gouging you just because they can gouge you it's the fact that they are honestly not not to be too morbid but i would guess all these people are going to be out of business in the next six months so um. yeah some of them certainly will be um australia is being as proactive as they can um oh yeah australia well it ain't happening here don't worry (laughs) they already ran out of small business money here so yeah Uh, no world economy yeah. is great at this stage. I don't think they'll they be. Gave, uh, they gave Ruth's Chris like $20 million or something. So we're already out of money. Oops. <laughs> Hope you like chain steakhouses that are at the Crown Plaza in Greenville, South Carolina or whatever. Um, Tony, is the, mos- is the Mosaic Hop is one of your, is one of your hops, correct? One of no. Your southern Hemisphere. No. I don't believe Mosaic is a Southern Hemisphere hop. Uh, How about the Waimea Hop? Is that one That is hops? a New Zealand hop. Oh. Okay, I was just I, I bought a beer today that had mosaic and Waimea in it, so I'm kind of excited to try it. Yeah, um, um, our hops uh, of note are Ella, uh, Galaxy, Ella. Yeah, Galaxy being the big one. USA is mosaic. Okay, I was about to say Citra, but that's America, American as well. But um, the Australian hops have their own thing going on. A very high fruit content. Uh, very like stone fruity hops for some reason. Well, hey, while we're talking about beer, which we haven't been doing very much today, I know. Um, just kidding. I know. I know. I'm a joker. Um, I am drinking a beer. So let's play that cool bumper. And that's it. It's time for me to review this beer that I'm drinking. Yes. Um, Tony, I'm drinking a beer from a brewery called Burial Beer Company. Uh, and it is in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Have you heard of this place? Maybe not the brewery, but the town of Asheville, North Carolina. Absolutely, I've heard of Asheville, North Carolina. They're heavy on beer there. I hear it's one of the the beer hubs of America. Um, used to be a tobacco hub, didn't it? I would guess almost anywhere in North Carolina uh, had a high tobacco. Uh, op- you know, I uh, that's a separate story. But I did, I did when I was doing drum corps. I did, we did march, we did uh, rehearse on a field that was like. Uh, bumpered by um, tobacco fields, and it smelled fucking good. Uh, I, I was trying to, I was trying to catch a buzz. Uh, <laughs> couldn't do it though, but it smelled awesome. It smelled like cigars. It was nuts. Um, anyways, uh, Asheville, very nice place. Uh, it's a very close place to a place that I'm uh, fairly frequently in Greenville, South Carolina, a place I've been many times. Um, this company, uh, I hope I'm not outing them and going to get them in trouble, but these fine people are shipping beer um, in in these uh, troubled, what are, what are the words we all hear more often? Troubled times, unprecedented times, whatever they are. Um, so Burial shipped me some beer, which was awesome. I paid, I did pay the price, uh, Tony. I ate the uh, 20 bucks of shipping uh, just because I think their beer kicks ass and the fact that I could get it shipped to me was fucking awesome. Um, so I got this beer called mystic circles of severed dreams. It is a, uh, I know it's my favorite beer to drink while we talk. It was a hazy IPA. Um, it's eight and a half percent. It's uh, going to give me a buzz. It's got Sabro, Simcoe, Vic secret and Waiiti hops. Are you familiar with the Waiiti hop, Tony? Um, 
I could be on paper if it's a New Zealand hop. Often, how it's pronounced and how how you read it can be two very different things. Wrong. It's a it is um it is a place in New Zealand. Yes, uh, that is correct. So I would guess that it is a New Zealand hop. Because um, I can't help you there because as I type it into the name. Because um, New Zealand place names are fucked up. They're kind of like Welsh place names. They make no sense to to normal English speaking people. Well, that was the case. Um, oh, and and there is some Australian hops in here, Tony. The Vic Secret is yep. in this beer as well. I really um, like Vic Secret. It's one of the more subtle Australian hops. It's it's not as out there as like Galaxy can take the fuck over. And I love Galaxy. Don't get me wrong. I really do like it. But it sometimes you know it's a Galaxy beer, even in a oh, multi hop. Yeah. I think Simcoe does that too. But yeah, Simcoe is pretty muted in this. And if you've had Sabro, and you, you might you may not have had Sabro, but if you haven't, I would highly recommend you try to find a beer with it. Um, it's got a it has a distinct coconut taste, and this beer has a not a very distinct coconut taste because I think the other Southern Hemisphere hops sort of dominate. It's pretty juicy, um, but uh, I I do like this beer. It's very nice. Burial is rocking it. They make a ton of great sour beers too, and I got some of those shipped to me as well. Um, so for 20 bucks, I got my money's worth for sure in terms of, uh, the amount of crap I got sent to me. Um, but this was, uh, this is a, a very nice one. I do recommend anything from burial, including this beer, which I'm sure is pretty hard to find. I haven't looked at what the untapped rating is. We can play the game, Tony. What do you think fans of our old show remember us uh, checking out rape beer and, and, and peeping those ratings and, uh, oh, for some reason, it, it doesn't exist in rape beer. Oh, no. I would guess it got a 91 or something, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't we just assume something like that? Let's assume it got a 91. We'll just say it got a 91. I don't know. It's not in here. So a 91 for whatever this beer was named, Mystic Circles of Severed Dreams by Burial. Um, I'm not giving it a number. I just think it tastes really good. So so would you say it's a, it's a really good example of this style? It's a okay example. I think it's a great example of the more imperial version of the style. This is eight and a half percent, so it's pretty strong, um, but it goes down very easily. It does everything a, you like a hazy IPA to do. It's pretty much got no burn. It's relatively sweet. It's got enough bite on the back. I think the Vic Secret helps with that in the Simcoe enough, like a little bit of bitterness um, so that it doesn't make it hard to drink because uh, some of these can be a little bit overly sweet and it's got great texture because there's definitely going to be lactose in this, I would guess. So um, a great bearded, I would say, honestly, it's one of the more drinkable ones I've had. I've, I've been able to work through 16 ounces of this. So um, if you can't tell by me, you like stumbling over my words at this point. So it's a good one. Do you think we made a, made a misstep with the IPAs in I think the hazy IPA with their lactose and everything are actually a good way of going about it. When we took the backbone out of IPAs to um, do things like brewed IPAs or or even like West Coast IPAs that, that had no backbone. No, I did not like brewed IPAs, I got to admit. The brewed IPA didn't, didn't hit for me, man. That did not, you know, that didn't do it for me. I don't know why, but... I had like one good example and then... The rest is just trash. But I'm finding the IPAs with a real lack of backbone really lack any sort of um, longevity or substance. They're fine for a small taste, a one-off, but you never go back to them. And I think these thicker beers, while not something that you can pound, the things with lactose, with the more structured malt backbone, with more fruit additives, tend to, in the long run, be better better drinkers. Not in quantity again, but more enjoyable as like like that highlight beer of your week. I don't know whether you agree yeah, or not. Yeah, I think not. they fit. I think they fit a specific type of drinking, which I think is something we do now, right? The way we drink high end beer now, especially beer that we pay. I mean, and these beers are not cheap. These hazy IPAs are not cheap. Um, so people don't want to just. I mean, I, sure, maybe people do want to pound them. I don't know. I don't want to pay nineteen ninety nine for a four pack and crank crank it like it's uh <laughs> old style either you know although i i've you know i don't know i i think i i i use the internet like a 19 year old even though i'm 34 but um the chug videos are fucking funny i don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> 
when somebody uh, pours a uh, 16 ounces of Bourbon County wheat wine into a glass and chugs it, I am laughing. <laughs> I am enjoying it. It's very funny to me. Um, and people are doing that with these IPAs too, and I'm not. Uh, I think they fit great in the in the taste, uh, the bottle share universe of 2020 drinking in the USA, right? So beer drinkers, your snots, like your beer snot type guys are me and my, you know, this is a beer that me and three of my buddies would hang out on the porch and we'd share a can, you know? Um, and then we'd pick another one out and share a different one. You know what I mean? Um, it's stupid. It's not I don't think that's cool. I think that's dumb, but it's just the way, you know, you do it, right? Because you want to try a few different ones. And this goes is great for that because it communicates the flavor really fast, right? Like, you know what this tastes like three sips in. You get it, you know? The problem with a beer, this isn't a problem. The great thing about your kind of West Coast IPAs, I think Midwest IPAs like Two Hearted are have a lot more body. Yep. Um, like too, I mean, too hard. It just is a lot of beer to drink, and it's great. I love it. Um, it makes I have one in a fridge right next to me, and I'm just kind of looking at it. But some of the like the brute in the West Coast, you, you kind of had to work through the beer to get to the point. You know what I mean? Does it make yep. sense? Um, it does. It 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 didn't feel like it was um, speaking very well um, with like a sip, and and that's sort of the case with something like Pilsner too, right? I mean. I would never judge a Pilsner on one sip of Pilsner. And I don't think you should judge any beer that way, but it's not going to, everything about it is not going to come across in the first like rip off the can or whatever, you know? No, but when you're having a Pilsner, they're designed to be having two or three Pilsners, not two or three sips. So, session uh, beer. Yeah. Yeah. Session beers need to sort of say what they're going to say over the course of a session. Or at least they need over to keep the course you interested. of yeah, over the course of a specific drink, these other beers they're designed to be like like a course in a tasting menu. That's how I think of these um, these Midwest IPAs. They they need to get across all the favour they're going to get across in three sips. They need yep, to say everything point, yeah. they're going to say straight away, and that's how they're designed, and that's how they should be designed. Because they are eight and a half percent on the imperial side of things, but even on the lower side, they're six and a half percent. They're not a four and a half percent pilsner, where you're going to have two or three pilsners, and so you've got that time to to experience them fully. And um, I think it's the issue I have with imperial stouts is that then they're neither of these two things. They need time, like you drink them over Saturday, but. Sure. They don't get everything over within one or two sips, or at least good examples. I don't think should necessarily do that. I don't know whether you agree or not. Oh, I, absolutely, and even think about um, you know, goose and and lambic yeah, and saison. You know, I actually think um, they. That's the great thing about those beers, right? They can they can speak to you quickly or they cannot. You know what I mean? You can say like, I got everything I needed out of this um, in the in the four ounces I got, or you can say, I you know what I drank eight ounces of this and I got a whole and a whole other thing appeared. You know, and and they do a lot of times, right? And those beers sort of have levels to them, right? Um, and you know, Pilsner and you know, even session pale ale and stuff can can pr- produce that type of experience. But that's not what they're designed for. But I, I think I think even I think actually like saison and and lambic and stuff do it more intentionally. You know, yes, yep. Um, they say like you could be happy with four ounces. You might be even happier if you had eight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. it's kind of crazy. Uh, those beers are cool. And that's sort of been my like. Uh, I I just I'll just. You know, one day if I if I'm just feeling it, I just pop those now. I'm I'm sort of done waiting for anything at this point. So I got a bunch of Dre downstairs, so I'm excited to to get those fired up too. So which Dre are you going to uh, go into first? I don't know. Probably. Uh, I don't know. I'm getting a. Uh, I always like a good creek. Yeah, I think the creek is probably the one I'm going at first. I have a um, I have an homage coming my way. Um, 
from my, <laughs> I'm not telling you, I'm not giving them my advertising. I don't care about them, but <laughs> a company who is a company who is, who ships beer <laughs> in a, um, legal way. Uh, it is legal. It actually is, is, is shipping. I have a, I have a crate coming is their term they use. So essentially what you do is they, they put up, I think I, have I told, have I talked about this, Tony, they put up two beers a day on their like app and you okay. can say like, I want this or I don't, you know? Um, and you can get your crate, you set a date for your crate to be shipped and you can keep postponing it until you have enough in there that you feel good about shipping. Um, and you pay a flat rate for it to ship. It's always 15 bucks to ship it. And if you put 50 beers in it, they'll ship you four boxes of beers for 15 bucks. Still, it's still 15 bucks, you know? <laughs> So I usually just fill up one because I want it by the time I order it. And maybe an IPA or two are in there. So I'm like, well, damn, you better get this to me um, or else it's going to go nasty. Um, but the last few times they've had Dre on there. And this past time they had a, uh, they had, well, my last crate I got had Fram, Framboos, whatever it is, Framboos Ungst or whatever it is uh, that, that I'm getting. And then I got an homage in there, which is a, like, a, I think it's a cherry uh, raspberry mix up um so i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a nice um collection of uh dre and tilkin and i even got a canteon down there which is cool so very cool uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a um i'm not gonna drink all those during this quarantine am i i mean how long are we gonna be doing this i guess is the real question we have to ask but <laughs> when when are, when is the uh when is the good day to to die i guess is what we have to decide <laughs> Well, that that was whether it be inside or outside. I haven't decided yet, but that was going to be my sort of question: is you've shared a spreadsheet with me um, of the beers that you've organised. How quickly do you go about devouring that that sort of stockpile? Is that sort of do you dip in two or three times a week, or is it once a week or once every couple of weeks that you you dip into these like because. I'm guessing you've got more on hand than just these beers. You've got well, I have like drink, I have like IPA and stuff sitting around in the fridge that I'm not putting on here. No, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, this week I dipped into it a little more just because I was organizing it, and I was like, oh shit, this is not going to taste good. I need to drink this, you know. <laughs> um, and it's not, or it's not going to get any better. I guess is my argument, right? Yep. So, um, like the off color that I drank, which was actually really good. Um, I drank this beer called the, this week called the 1% is the name of the beer. <laughs> Relatively prescient, I suppose. But, uh, it was a wit beer aged in bourbon barrels with cherries. It was really oh. delicious. Um, really good, really drinkable too. Not extremely tart in any way. Um, just like refreshingly tart and a little bit of bourbon flavor. Um, I drank the 22 because, uh, the Firestone Walker 22, because a buddy of mine in Massachusetts texted me. He's like, I'm drinking my 22. I'm like, Hey, fuck it. I'll drink it too. I don't know. You know? <laughs> um, so we, we drank that quote unquote together. Um, and that, that beer, I don't know if you've ever had that beer, Tony, the, the no. anniversary beer from Firestone over the years, but it comes with like a scroll, um, in the box. There's a, it's, it comes in like a little box and they just shifted to 12 ounce bottles like like a lot of these places are right they're they're shifting to smaller packaging um just because you know two people don't want to drink 22 ounces of a very strong barrel-aged barley wine maybe so, so kelly and i shared that um because it's six ounces each which is great but it comes with this scroll and it used to be in a 22 ounce bottle and now it's in a 12 ounce bottle in a 12 ounce package so the scroll is like half width <laughs> of what it used to be it's very funny but it's it's longer so now you're like really unfurling it because it felt like the same amount of literature was on the and what it does it just tells you like all the different beers that had blended into it because they just blend a collection of their beers um to make that beer um so that was cool uh and then all these revel i don't know i have all these revolutions and stuff i would say if i had to put a time on how long it will take me to work through this it's just hard to tell like the sour stuff that's on there, like the fruited sour, like this black project that I have, um, those will be gone by the end month. Um, just because they're not going to, those aren't going to develop. And all that's going to happen is the fruit is going to die. Cause like this black project is heavily fruited. 
uh, a couple of like the, I don't know. That might be the only example of that right now that I have. That's one that's going to go quick. You'll be really picking on urgency and then, then whatever your mood strikes you, if there's nothing else that is really yeah, all these other desperate. ones, maybe the Jord- the Jordan a, I should probably open. That's like got a Newcastle logo on it, but but like all these other sours will be fine for a while. Uh, the Westy yep. 12, honestly, I should open soon too. Cause that'll oxidize. Yeah. It will. Um, Cause that's a beer really that's, that. that's uh, designed to be consumed straight away. At least in my view, it is. I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm, I'm already like a few months out. I got it in the Faroe Islands and I don't think that was legal for them to be selling it there, <laughs> but whatever. It was the state liquor store in the Faroe Islands. I don't understand how. Um, they sell it at the goddamn <laughs> convent or whatever, right? I mean, <laughs> and at and at the store in Clocksvik, Faroe Islands, you can buy Westy Twelve. Very strange. But all these all these lambics will be fine. Most of this barley wine will be fine, probably. I have a couple in here that I've like. There's one I'm highlighting right now, Tony. That uh, I don't think is going to be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we won't say the name of it, but. Uh... No, uh, I got it for free. I got gave it to me for free. So I don't really, I mean, whatever, maybe if it's good, it's a, it's a bonus. Yep. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It'll take me a year or two to get through all these. And the thing is they'll all get backfilled because I'm an asshole. There'll be new ones where the old ones leave. The new ones will, will come back and take their place sometimes from the same brewery, sometimes even maybe the same beer. In fact, right. Like I've just been backfilling years of straight jacket into the straight jacket one you know might as well have never changed you know just change the year now does that change in flavor in your view or you don't have a good enough memory to remember that or you don't really give a fuck you just know it's going to be good every year a little bit yeah i mean just because they're it's a blended barley wine so there's going to be different character i think they just blend it up until it's good i mean that's just like wine right i mean these guys are that's why that's why rev is so good i've i've always said that brewing is you know, brewing is just math and science, right? And um, the the hard part of hell, brewing, cooking, baking, the the thing people suck at is tasting. Yes, very much so. You know, that's why people do a bad job. They don't, they can't taste, and they don't, or they don't, or they flat out don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they do it and they ignore it. Um, even worse, right? Um, but uh, Revolution does a great job. Side Projects, another one that's well known brewery that they, uh, I think is just yep. great tasters i mean they they blend they back blend stuff when they have to they're not afraid or embarrassed by the idea of like you know what these are too hot of barrels we're gonna black bent or back blend the back blend fresh beer into this um so that it tastes good i don't think people should be embarrassed about that but um yeah no that's a but they they do a nice job with that oh and these ones that are in like by the way tony these these ones here like these five beers here these I need to drink soon because these are these are not going to get better. These are very these are pastry stouts. So I have five pastry stouts highlighted, and those those do not age in any good way. They either go they either go like flat out sour, um, or they uh, or they just don't taste like anything anymore. Yep. You know, but at least a couple of the examples are twenty twenty examples, so that they should be good. Oh yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, made well. Actually, this microphone, Horace, the new workout plan is really good. I've already had a bottle of it. It's really delicious. Well, that does sound delicious. It's very sweet. Are they your notes on in in the column where it says notes? It's just an, it's just what's in it. Okay. Yep. It's literally the things that are in the beer. Those aren't notes of what it tastes like. It okay. does taste like those things, but there are walnuts, coconut, and coffee in that beer. Because while I was making fun of you about your love of coconut in beer i don't mind it at all either I'm, but i'm a es- fan yeah. especially in a pastry stout with walnuts and coffee and coconut that sounds fucking awesome yeah no it's good it's it's really good i'll share this with the with the we know when we release this show you guys can go check out my seller at uh, uh sheet um i'm gonna put it on uh i mean raw i say that i'm gonna put this on uh only editable by me and uh you guys can take a look at all the frigging crap that's sitting in my basement. I'll put the other stuff on here too, all my garbage. So you guys can see if you want to buy anything off me. Uh, some old luggage. I got I got some luggage with some wheels that have been like flattened out somehow. Uh, <laughs> the, if you want to carry something around the airport that goes, you guys can have it. I'll just throw that up here. You guys can pick that off. 
Tony, I think we have gone uh, as long as we should be um, uh, permitted to under quarantine law. Uh, I, you know, we are, and it has actually, you know what, it is coming over the wire that the number one way that disease is transmitted is via um, uh, Zoom meeting. So good thing we're on a different feed, but I, I haven't tested this one yet, so we're going to have to find out later. Oh, well, you, you lead the world in testing according to Trump, so... Uh... Yeah, we'll be good. You'll have to get it tested because the Australian government's making no such brags. I don't know. I don't actually even know how I would get a test. Um, I couldn't tell you. I'm hoping they come out with that thing that is like a pregnancy test or whatever I saw pictures of today. It was like a. You just want to pee on a stick. Pee on something, yeah. I'm just looking to pee on something, gang. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end today's show. I think we nailed it. Yep. Uh,. Well, uh, appreciate everybody um, taking a listen. Um, uh, many thanks to uh, uh, Liam for his lovely intro. I'll remember to do that for the future as well. Um, and uh, be sure to check us out on all the normal places um, that are on our website, wherever we are. Uh, Tony, any other um, pieces of uh, wisdom um, for our quarantined uh, audience? Or not quarantined for all of them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there could be some people in Florida. Are they on lockdown yet? Not sure. Or it's five years from now. <laughs> Very true. Um, any advice? Enjoy this quarantine time. Drink and be merry. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I, I would throw out that, uh, you know, on one of our future shows, I think we have to talk about mead because I'm just staring at my needs on the seller list and... That's been a that's been a revelation to me on these uh, in this quarantine time. So I would recommend people go go get your some hands uh, your hands on some mead and and uh, you know pound it out of a horn like Beowulf. Um, <laughs> I thought for a second though you were going to say get your hands on some hams, which is not bad advice either. Oh, you guys can do that too. That's not bad advice. You guys should get some hams, All right? Tony, until next time.